Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Use Gamers Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm going to be playing host tonight. With me, as always, is my buddy Michael. What's up? Don't worry, guys. We are socially distanced. That's true. We are many miles apart from each other right now. Um, Head of the game. We've been doing this forever. Now all the other podcasts are just catching up. You this know, is true. Having to separate. Like, oh, we were already doing it. See, People, we were innovators. We your, didn't even know it. Your businesses and your studios. Now we were way ahead of the game. So uh, we are recording this episode, episode 63, on April the 3rd, 2020. For all of you future um, archaeologists who are discovering this, uh, you know, many decades from now, um, we are recording. That's right. We are recording this episode in the midst of a global pandemic, which sounds weird and like something we made up for a D and D campaign. But no, that's actually happening. We are um, we are both at a kind of modified, mainly working from home sort of schedule because of the COVID nineteen virus, which is all over planet Earth right now, and keeping people away from each other so we figured now's as good a time as any to record a podcast talk to each other virtually which is basically how the whole world works now um as everybody's being video games we're playing while we're locked at home exactly i mean we're so people who play video games are so much better adapted and ready for this than most other people so no big deal as long as you've got your uh your subscriptions for your online services all paid up you're good to go um yeah so we just we're gonna kind of let that be our sort of overriding not really topic but it's sort of informing everything in our lives right now um so uh yeah obviously it affects our routines and video games are part of our routines and then it affects the gaming industry as uh, as a whole so we'll we'll chat about how that kind of works too we've We've been in this for a little while now, so um, so yeah, Mike, why don't you tell me a little bit about what your experience is right now, and then what that's done for gaming for you? So, sure, so uh, my experience is, is technically my job is considered like a crucial thing, so I actually still have to go to work on occasion during all this, so uh, that should be different from maybe some of you listening. Um, I am not working all the time, though, our, our my job is split up our group into different teams so that we're not interacting with each other. So we are still somewhat socially distanced. Um, so lo- pretty much like every other week I go into work for my normal, like four or 10 hour days. And then the other week I am working from home on the computer, which, uh, I'm actually, you know, as we probably mentioned in the podcast before, Chris and I are both in the animal care field. So working from home is strange. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I can't bring my real work home with me. Uh, so it's mainly just doing a lot of computer work and stuff like that. Um, you know, I am stuck at home with uh, my wife and a toddler, so that is spectacular for any of you else who are stuck at home with small children. I uh, I hope that your soul is as intact as mine is, <laughs> just barely holding on. Um, but yeah, uh, gaming-wise, I mean, sure, I would say I'm probably getting more in because, uh, you know, I'm I'm stuck at home more, even though I have my family here, you know, it's I usually stay up later than them. You know, sometimes I'll even get up earlier. And since the fact that I don't have to go to work, my sleeping schedule is pretty much whatever I want to do for the most part. Uh, so my gaming time has certainly increased, although number of games I'm getting to play is not exactly increased as much as I would like because of stuff we'll talk about later with, you know, stuff getting delayed and everything. But um, I've gotten to do a few things in there. Uh, you know, still through playing through a lot of my favorites like Civ Six and uh, Pillars of Eternity Two, having fun with that. Picked up Division, so me and Chris have been playing that, having a lot of fun of it. Division Two. Um, I finally started the uh, Fallen Order, which I'm 
I'm enjoying the story, and overall, I'd say I'm enjoying the game, but the combat is a little too Soulsy for me. I'm not a big Souls fan. I know many of you are clutching your pearls right now, but it's okay. Uh, we don't know that. I might be the weird one. <laughs> uh, well, or Jared really too. Yeah, <laughs> like you are the weird ones. Yes, I will agree with that. But <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are just like you can't. You don't like Souls? What's wrong with you? Uh, so yeah, uh, so I, I'm probably going to be kicking down the difficulty to like the easiest one on that, just just to be able to play it because I do want to see where the story goes. I mean, sure. I love Star Wars. The story does seem kind of interesting, and I want to check it out. And you know, I've heard there's a lot of tie-ins with the movies and different series, uh, so I kind of want to see how, how that all goes. Um, uh, so yeah, and then I picked up a couple of games that have been on sale that I haven't gotten to touch yet, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll speak on those in a, a different episode. Been playing a lot of just other favorites like uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, oh, I did pick up uh, one game that was on sale that I did get to play, which was Endless Legends. So for any of you guys who are, are familiar with that one, it's kind of like a imagine if Civ games took place in like a fantasy world is, is basically the best way I could describe it. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's been mainly my kind of gaming experience right now plenty of it just not a ton of new stuff so just for the for the preview sake of it so you can so i can i know what i can ask you about in the future between episodes of the show uh what what were the pickups that you made that you haven't gotten to yet uh i picked up pathfinder kingmaker it's a another like fantasy party-based rpg which i really want to try out um i've been waiting for that to go on sale uh, I guess I, I was thinking of Endless Legend at the time, but I remembered I actually did get to play that. Um, and then there was something else, and I'm blanking on it right now. <laughs> oh, I was uh, through Game Pass. I was going to start playing through the Banner Saga games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is all, are all three of them on there? I believe so, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Man, Game Pass is crazy. I know, right? It's like I don't even have to buy games for my Xbox. I'm pretty much set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the only system I don't own any physical games for. And with Game Pass, there's really not any reason for me to ever do that, at least so far. The only, Yeah, the only game I actually own for it is Fallen Order, but that's because it came with it was the bundle a pack that right? I bought. Yeah. And it's a digital, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's cool. Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've been falling into our little routines. My life is... Uh, similarly impacted to Mike's uh, because of my job um, in management of animal care. I've actually been working 100% from home uh, for the last few weeks, uh, both because I have a job that can allow me to do that and people are being encouraged to not go to work if you can avoid it. Um, but also because uh, right now my mother-in-law is staying with us and she's in the age range that they're a little more concerned about as, as people being you know susceptible to having a bad time with this virus. So just kind of keeping the family distance from that now. So, and my wife has been working from home as well. So we've been just sort of this little cluster, uh, 24 seven every day. And, um, the weird part is that you, know, for me, because of the way my role works, like I basically have no time off anymore. So I've gone from working five days a week to basically working seven days a week, uh, since we're trying to support the operations and figure out how to support our staff. So, the gaming time that I have has been less than normal just because my day tends to go a little bit longer than it does. But um, I have been able to dig into a couple of things. Uh, I've been chipping away at spending a lot of time just randomly uh, throwing in games on some of my old consoles. I've basically set up a home office in what is my gaming room, essentially. So um, I'm in here almost all the time. So I'm sitting here staring at this big wall of games and every now and again something will 
kind of tickle my fancy and be like, yeah, I haven't played, you know, whatever this is, the the new DMC Devil May Cry that came out several years ago. Maybe I'll put that in. Um, I haven't done that, but that's just the one I was looking at as I'm saying this. Um, I uh, sort of bought into the the crazy uh, hype wave of Animal Crossing New Horizons, which came out a couple weeks ago, which is sort of a perfect self-quarantine game where you can play endlessly forever and just get lost. So most of my friends who have it, who are playing it, um, are well clocked over the like 80 to 90 hour point at this. And it's been out for like a week. Um, <laughs> it's just the way it works. So I'm learning the ins and outs. I've, I've never played any of the games from that series before. So I, I have to, I'm relying on them a lot to kind of explain certain things to me. It's a pretty basic sort of life sim type thing, but I am digging the fact that the clock runs on real time and it's basically matched to my schedule. So if I'm playing at night, it's night in the game Um, and then learning, you know, what it means if it's raining. That means different fish are going to come out. And if I use this item, I can catch this bug more. And it's weird. It's I've never I never got into the Sims. I didn't get into Stardew Valley Valley or uh, Harvest Moon or any of that kind of stuff. So this is all brand new to me. But, yeah, it's it's got its hooks in me. I definitely can see the the. the loop that sort of endless little changes that they make that can sort of keep you going forever. And because a lot of this stuff is kind of tied to a calendar for me to sort of quote unquote, see everything I have to play pretty much every day for an entire year. So that is going to be just sort of tucked to the back. I usually can, maybe I get a minute to check in in the morning before I sort of start work. And then um, I like, I'll get to it around six or seven at night and play for a little bit. So tonight I played for about 30 minutes Got a couple fossils I hadn't gotten before and sent them to the museum and then checked out so we could do a podcast. So that's been fun. Um, and then, like Mike said, the, the other one that we I've been spending a lot of time with has been The Division 2. Um, the circumstances under which we kind of got on that was kind of unusual. Um, we both played The Division. Um, I remember we played it during the beta, and I think we played together a little bit during that time. I played the whole campaign of the first game and immediately returned it. <laughs> and sold it for like 35 bucks to Best Buy, which is great because um, I felt dumb that I paid full price for it, but I was happy with the amount of trade credit I got. And it was fine, but um, but so far I'm, I'm liking the second game a lot more and uh, we got it for $5. So the Ubisoft basically ran a promotion uh, right before they released a big expansion that takes place in um, New York, the city from the first game. Um, they had physical copies available at several retailers for five bucks and then um, the digital stores ended up having it for $3 shortly after that. So um, I'd say value for the dollar versus amount of content. I don't think I can think of another better deal than this. What do you think? <laughs> no, I mean, I was always kind of curious about Division 2. I mean, I enjoyed playing the first one, but at the same time, like Destiny 2 was really big. So, And that's where all my friends were playing. And I was like, if I'm going to play a looter shooter... I already own Destiny 2. All my friends have Destiny 2, so why would I bother getting Division? And then, uh, you know, when Division 2 came out, it was just kind of like I wasn't invested in that world, you know, and I I think I was hoping that Anthem would be something, and it wasn't, but nobody else really invested in Division 2, so never really got into it. But then when I saw it for just like five bucks, I was like, well, I might as well try it. And I was trying to talk all my friends into getting it as well. Of course, you picked it up. Right. Uh, so I figured even if I just played through it by myself, even just for a few hours here, a few hours there, 
that's that's worth the five bucks of admission you know as i like, i'd heard it was a really good game so i was i was interested in trying it out yeah i'm i'm liking it a lot so far i mean it's it's a as far as that sort of loot grind shooter like thing goes it's it's pretty basic like because it's a game that relies on you know existing in the real world you know you're not going to be fighting any giant monsters or anything like that so they they just try to continually find more ways to justify how much armor one human could carry that requires you to empty <laughs> 17 clips of a machine gun into them and they're still not dead um yeah well i like it because it kind of forces them to come up with more uh unique interactions um you know like areas where you're going to have kind of different fights whether they're not always coming at you from one area there's lots of vertical elements um also just the number of enemies a lot of times with these kind of games that's always my frustration is is they'll just send out a, like a handful of guys and if you have a whole group you can just mop them up pretty quickly and easily while sometimes i like to have these big groups so when you have these big kind of amazing abilities or tech in this game that you can use it's nice to be able to use those and see the full effect you know rather than you know, kind of feeling like you're doing overkill on one little group of, you know, meaningless drones. Right. Yeah, and the, I think the game so far, um, we're, I'm like level 16, you're not too much farther behind me, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, if you kind of go above your level and go to places you shouldn't be, the game is real fast to smack you down and tell you you shouldn't be here right now. So mm-hmm. we, had, we had a lot of fun the other night where we were playing together and then I logged off and Mike was still in the game, turned a corner, and immediately ended up in a mob of guys and got mowed down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the the shooting is fun. I definitely the sort of grind with the gear and the and the guns is good. And I think that the the um, the set pieces and the locations are really interesting this time around. You're in Washington D.C., so you're basically getting to go through you know national monuments and you're going through museums and. We were in a planetarium. We were playing through the other night. That was really cool. So just the the physical settings of stuff, I'm really enjoying, and it's it's a pretty self serious game. Um, it was kind of weird to run into a sign that said like disinfectant here, don't use too much, and don't forget to wash your hands because that's essentially what yeah. our whole life is right now. But um... well, that's the interesting thing. They've talked about how games like Last of Us, State of Decay, uh, you know, Division, like all of these are actually the number of players is ramping up pretty high it just seems like while this is all going on people will kind of want something that relates to world life or real life i should say um right now so it's it's kind of interesting because a lot of people would think that you would shy away from that kind of stuff but sure sure and maybe it's because in those worlds we have a tremendous amount of power and (laughs) feel like we have control over some stuff maybe that we don't now but but yeah i mean it makes you feel a little better Sure, sure, sure. So my guess is at this point, like, I will definitely finish through the campaign. I'm coming up on probably the 50% mark. Um, I don't know how much of anything I might do after that. I know the game has, like, you know, high-level stuff. It has raids. It has this dark zone, which is basically, like, a crazy PvP area. I don't know that I'll mess with that. There's just too many other things I want to get to. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it. I highly recommend it, especially if people can get it, you know, for the – I don't know if you'll get it for the kind of deal we got it for – but it's back um, up to like 30 now because I was trying to talk some people into getting into it on with me and, uh, you know, saying like, oh, it's probably still on sale. Looked, I'm like, nope, no, it's not. It's yeah. back up to 30 bucks. Yeah. So I know that was a bummer. I was hoping that would stick around for a while, but I, it's probably yeah, worth yeah, 30 doing it because it, it was right before the launch of the DLC, like you were saying. So, yeah. Timed it well. Timed it well. So that's good. So, so yeah, we've been having fun playing video games. And then, but video games itself don't seem to be having a lot of fun <laughs> with a lot of what's going on now. So, in addition to our own sort of stuff we have going on, there's there's kind of how 
everything else, uh, well, globally, of course, is being impacted, but we're a video game podcast, so we're talking about video games. So um, there's a lot to kind of dive into. So just to start out with, um, you know, one of the big things I I think it kind of stood out and um, is something that it felt like it was kind of leading towards a lot is basically any kind of gathering of any sort almost globally at this point now has essentially been canceled. It's been, you have to, you can't get people together right now. And um, so uh, it, as many people suspected uh, E3 was canceled along with every other gaming thing in the world. But um, speculation may be that that might've been their last chance to sort of ever do that again. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? It was a weird time for them anyway. And now it's just not happening. Not their fault. I mean, a lot of people just, kind of felt like e3 was on its way out anyway just because with the way the internet works now for one thing is you know everybody has access to all these you know gaming trailers and stuff like that the second they're out like that's always it always kind of kills me right before e3 a a lot of the the trailers that are going to be shown at e3 will be released by the companies like in the week leading up to e3 it always kind of bothers me because i mean i kind of like the spectacle of e3 which is why i i will say it from the beginning is like i hope e3 sticks around because while yes it's great that you can get the the trailers wherever you want not have to watch through all the junk that you don't want to see or whatever um i kind of like the big spectacle of e3 where you get these crowd reactions and you get these people up on stage you know and their you know casual attire you know their t-shirts with their jackets on top uh you know trying to tout like their big new game or you get these you know kind of indie developers or newer people into the these like big arenas and you can tell like they're just so happy to be there and so out of their element but they're so excited to share with you this passion project that they have like all that kind of stuff just makes e3 i think really amazing for me so I, i i do hope it sticks around to some extent even if it becomes all like uh you know, an online kind of thing. Like there's no long, you know, I, I still like the idea of having it, although I would prefer it with the audience because the audience reaction just kind of, kind of, I think makes it, but yeah, there's always been the talks about E3 kind of being on its way out. You had all these big companies kind of backing out. Everybody was kind of trying to guess what reasons there were, but either way, it just kind of showed that E3 isn't really a hundred percent necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and definitely, I mean, it's, you know, a couple of years ago, Nintendo decided that was not how they wanted to kind of, you know, spend their time. And they moved into their direct online thing um, ahead of the game of everybody else. But, you know, they are always kind of doing their own thing. So I think that when that happened, it didn't really cause a lot of, you know, eyebrows to raise and go like, oh, my gosh, one of the big publishers is gone. I mean, yeah, but they were they were always kind of this weird third pillar between behind Sony and Microsoft to kind of do their own thing that never really competes with anybody and and makes them trillions of dollars for themselves. Um, But then to have Sony pull out um, last year and to just, yeah, it's just kind of a weird sort of thing. I just read about 30 minutes before um, we recorded this that um, the speculation had always been that they, the ESA has continued to say that they will they will be doing something with that sort of time period, you know, getting the publishers together to kind of do some kind of online thing. It sounds like they're reporting just within the last hour that that fell, fell through and they're not going to be doing anything. So I saw that um, somebody else is going to be hosting um, several of the publishers kind of together. And it's stuff like Arcane and Devolver Digital. It's not like the big guys, but um, it's like IGN, I think, actually is who it is is going to be bringing a lot of lot of those developers together to kind of do a bigger group of even smaller devs or medium-sized devs. So 
yeah, I mean, it, I think it would be cool if we, if that could continue to kind of happen because it was always that sort of, this is like video game Christmas. Like, this is the time when, like, all the amazing stuff happens and it's just sort of like one thing after another after another. And part of the fun is being hit with it all at the same time and then getting to hear the audience's reaction, like you said, but then getting to sort of dig through that then and be like, well, what was that thing? That seemed interesting. Like, what was the name of that game? Like, I want to read more about that. And then knowing that after the press conferences, articles would start coming out, videos would start coming out. So you could sort of dig into some of that stuff that was interesting to you a little bit deeper. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not, I'm not uh, somebody who attends PAX uh, and, you know, I, I don't, I'd never had any kind of ambition to try to physically attend uh, E3, even though that's a thing you can do now, or at least you could up until they canceled it now that they allow the public in. So yeah, yeah, it was always going to be an experience from afar for me. And yeah, I mean the, the video stuff that Sony's done so far, none of it's really been too interesting to me. Um, uh, the Nintendo stuff I think is great just because Nintendo's weird and they do silly, embarrassing stuff all the time. But uh yeah, I guess that's the wave of the future. But I mean, I think, you know, they will continue to find ways to, you know, hopefully do some more kind of interactive type stuff. I think that it seemed like the industry had kind of moved on and GDC was kind of the big show in Germany every year that they were just going to pin their hopes on. And that's 250,000 people in attendance, much, much, much bigger than E3. But of course, that got canceled this year, too, like everything. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. I think it would be cool, too, if there continued to be e3 was something um i just don't know what that thing would be so man we'll kind of see but um so shows canceled left and right um you know another big thing that's that's had to to move around is just the way games are getting made and completed and released so we've had a number of kind of things get pushed back because of this sort of window so what's what's top of your list for that one mike Oh, I mean, geez, so many, you know, we saw, uh, you know, Last of Us has been delayed, which a lot of people are wondering if that's going to affect, you know, you have Ghost of Tsushima, you have even the PlayStation 5. So, you know, uh, even though Microsoft and PlayStation have both, or Sony, I guess, if you want, whichever, uh, they both said that the consoles are not going to be delayed, but yet they still haven't announced the dates yet. And I'm like, well, they're supposedly they're coming out this year, but yet you haven't set a date. You haven't right. even really had a real reveal yet, so it's kind of odd. Uh, but yeah, they just announced, you know, this was one I talked to you about earlier, was Wasteland 3. It was actually one I was looking forward to because we'll be getting it through Game Pass. And I was like, oh, well, I'm stuck at home. I'm going to have all this free time to be able to play it. Uh, so unfortunately, that got delayed until like, august end of august now yeah it was supposed to be in may um supposedly gears tactics is still going to be up next month so that'll be nice i'll have that i forgot about that yeah but uh yeah there's been there's been a lot left and right i mean and it's not even i mean you talk about games you talk about movies i mean everybody is just either delaying or kind of you know rushing things through to try to get it out it's kind of in a way i think game studios because i feel like right now is the perfect time to put out your game or your consoles or whatever uh understandably i think a lot of companies are just running into problems being able to work on things considering they're all stuck at home and they have to do social distancing you you know so it's hard for them to be able to really do this but i think if you were a company that could manage to release your game and maybe gears tactics is coming out because most of it was done before this happened right um because you know it's set for pretty early on in all this 
if you could launch your game during this, I think it would be a huge boon to your company because I think people are desperate for stuff to play, especially new stuff. And if you can launch your game out in this setting right now is the perfect thing. But like I said, unfortunately for a lot of companies, that's just it's just not possible without a bunch of crazy, th- you know, circus acts or something pulling it off. Yeah, there's been weird stuff like um, I don't know if you've been following the stuff with the Final Fantasy VII remake, but they think they're going to be able to hit their release date, which I think is May now at this that, point. Yeah. But they that released a new trailer, yeah, yeah, but but they think, but they can't guarantee that they'll be able to get physical copies out. Um, so it's done to the point where they could push it digitally, which is good. A lot of people would probably want to do that. But then, um, but then I saw something the other day saying that they're going to work really hard to try to. Um, get all pre-orders fulfilled by release date for physical copies and then other ones coming later. So I think there's so so many moving parts in all of this and so many, you know, kind of different, uh, you know, vendors and companies have to sort of work together to make all this sort of happen. And, um, you know, we've talked about that um, book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, that Mike and I both read that Jason Schreier from Kotaku wrote. And one of the things that kind of came up again and again in that and then also in investigative journalism that looks into kind of crunch and you know how games are made is this consistent thing of you would not you you can't really fathom like how much of what you see as a final game actually comes together in the last like two or three months before it's on shelves so you know and that's why we kind of you get these gigantic day one patches because the game has to be submitted for certification at some point. So, you know, Microsoft or whoever has to say, yeah, this is good to go or no, this is a buggy mess, fix it. Um, but then, you know, th- they have to do that so far ahead of time that the game isn't done yet. So they've got to have more stuff on top of it. So I think, yeah, for, for games like Last of Us that it were sort of right in that period where they're in their last couple months of polish, you, if you don't have the studio together and the way Naughty Dog works, if you've watched any of the documentaries about... Um, there's one called Grounded that's really interesting about the making of The Last of Us. It's on Amazon Amazon Prime. I think you can get that for free. It's a really, really good documentary. Um, their their studio is very based on you know artists being able to stand up and go talk to a programmer or you know a landscape person able to go talk to a sound person because they're all kind of right in the same physical space with each other. So if everybody's not working in an office together, that that becomes tricky. So I mean that's you know it's heartbreaking for people who've kind of slaved away at that stuff for years for big games like that but yeah i mean definitely a a boon for people who would be able to make it happen i was one of the artists i follow on twitter um he does really cool video game artwork um like a poster like kind of like movie poster style stuff of just all kinds of different games um i saw that he's running a promotion right now where if you order anything from his store um you get this like little mini print that's a picture of one of the characters from animal crossing isabel this little main character that just says stay inside and play animal crossing forever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. So, you know, those people who are able to sort of slip in that window, like, yeah, I mean, they've got a literal captive audience and it's interesting for me to kind of follow on Reddit or on Twitter, like, you know, gaming habits of people who for some of them, like they're, they're just playing out of work or they've been furloughed so that they still have a job that they'll go back to at some point. But they're they're not doing anything from home so they're just literally trying to find ways to kill time and and if you don't have a lot of other distractions in life that you need to worry about then video games are awesome for that but we're we're making it work we're we're making it fit <laughs> so games themselves you know kind of weird things getting pushed back um 
you know, the events definitely, you know, being impacted um, and retailers being impacted. So that was something that Mike mentioned a second ago. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of feeling like we're in the last few months of the existence of GameStop right now. So I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit on the show about how, you know, everything is moving towards digital and we've kind of started to migrate our habits in that direction as well. But um, they've been kind of through the ringer. So what's your understanding of where GameStop's at right now? Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously they were already hurting just from, you know, um, I think it was a mixture of things. It was the, I mean, I think the main kind of thorn in their paw was the, this kind of move towards digital. But I think also they started to, I think in response to that, a lot of their decisions to try to, to counter that or to stay viable during that have actually ended up shooting themselves in the foot like a lot of their practices when it comes to trading in games and and, you know all that kind of stuff i think really kind of pushed a lot of people away um they used to be something that was seemed a lot more consumer friendly and I, i think a lot of their decisions moved them away from that and i think pushed a lot of people even more so into the digital space because you know uh, some people like the idea that you could go and get a physical copy cheaper, you know? Right. Because, you know, the digital has everything to it. It's it's easier. It's quicker. It's, you know, you don't have to worry about keeping a disc. You don't have to worry about it breaking. You know, nothing, none of that. Uh, packing it up when you move, all of that is gone. And so I, I think you have to find ways in order to make it to where a physical copy is, uh, you know, a, a more viable option for you, which is hard because it costs more to make a physical copy than it does a digital copy, obviously. Uh, and, you know, so that's why they're able to do so many sales with the digitals all the time. That's why, you know, Steam, not only the fact that they Valve is just rich beyond all means, but also <laughs> they're able to put those sales all the time because it's it's really easy for them to do a digital copy. You just press a button and it shows up on your store. So I, I think a lot of their decisions just kind of led them down a path that just pushed people further and further away. And I mean, they were in the process of trying to make some changes. You know, they unfortunately had to go through a lot of layoffs, which led to a lot of people losing their job, which is, is really sad. And hopefully those people managed to land on their feet somewhere else. Um, but they were just trying their hardest to, to save their company. They even brought on a whole new bunch of people to serve on the board to kind of help them out, including Reggie fils you know, to hopefully kind of give them a, a right. better idea of what they had people from gaming world, people from the business world, just trying to, to figure out a way, how can we salvage this? And they had all these new concepts for their stores. And and then, of course, we had the, uh, the outbreak, which has completely just rocked their world. Um they tried once again they made some decisions to try to weather this that ended up actually hurting them more than helping them which they tried to argue that they were a essential service and so that they could stay open and operate as normal during all this there was also stories that came out that they weren't providing their staff with proper cleaning supplies uh, or disinfecting supplies i I, that was just i I think that was confirmed but i can't say yeah i'd heard that as well um yeah, so they, you know, they were kind of eventually just forced to comply and and shut down operation. You know, they tried doing like the curbside and the on-site ordering, just like you know Best Buy and a lot of other companies were doing. But I just think it was it's just too much for them. They've already announced that they're going to be shutting down 300 stores. Yeah, and that's is, is after really, doing really 300 horrible. last year, I think too. Yeah, uh, I mean, once again, you know, I really hope for those people that they they work something out they find some, a new home somewhere else 
and uh, and it's you know it affects people the, the least that it can. It's just it's it, it, there's going to be a lot of people whose lives are going to really suck for at least a little bit after that, if not longer. But um, it is kind of like it's it is kind of almost sad to see the idea of GameStop going away. How many times like I would be stuck in a mall as you know my wife or whatever is going doing her own shopping, or if I was just there hanging out with friends or you know just kind of bored and you'd go in and just walk around a GameStop and maybe you'd find something really cheap like oh my gosh hey look at this and pick it up or you know, all the times I went in there I would talk to employees who were always very you know game enthusiasts of course in order to work there but you know they would be like oh I played this one this one's really amazing you get to do this it, it's just an experience you don't get in the digital world um, but uh, yeah unfortunately it looks like that's that's going to be going away yeah, it's it is. I, I agree. I think it's sad. And you know what's weird is you know it's like um it, it's hard to think of another comparison for a similar business that's in a similar position because you know it's when I don't know pick a retailer when when Circuit City went out of business. It's not like we didn't have another place we could go to buy consumer electronics. You know, there's still Best Buy and there's still you know places like that. As far as a you know any of the other video game chains that existed all got absorbed into GameStop so your EB games and Babbage's and Funko Land all of those became GameStop so you know they don't really have any competition which you know for better or for worse it allowed them to expand it into you know kind of corner the market um, for both video games and games journalism to basically have Game Informer be your in-house magazine that, you know, is available with your pro plan and, you know, at every counter of every store have that weird sort of synergistic relationship. But yeah, when you think about that idea of, you know, I, I would rarely be at the point where I would go into a, a GameStop because I want to buy a new release that came out. Like I have other ways I can do that. Um, but it was cool to kind of dig through the weird old stuff that was there. You know, I mentioned recently that I got a Wii U not that long ago. So that became my like little obsession for a while was anytime I'd go to a GameStop, I'd, I'd go to see what Wii U games they had to see if I could get the the 10 titles for that system that might have been worth owning. But um, I can't do that really anywhere else. I mean, other than on eBay, which is just not the same thing at all. So, yeah, it's a bummer. And, you know, for people who don't have access to another retail video game location or that don't have, you know, halfway decent internet that can allow them to feasibly, you know, download games consistently or who have to deal with data caps or something like that. Like, you know, that's, that's not going to be a fantastic solution for them. So, you know, I guess the answer to that becomes Amazon, which inevitably becomes the answer to all things retail, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I can't see any way they kind of come back out of this it's very weird to be kind of living in the middle of what we are right now because there's a lot of things we don't know what the future of is going to be i made some offhand comment to my wife the other night like what if restaurants are like not a thing anymore (laughs) because they're not right now somebody even talking about that maybe like shaking hands would go away like people would just never shake hands yeah the president said that on a press conference today (laughs) that's so weird I, just, I, I can't imagine a world where people just don't shake hands. I just kind of feel like that I, I get where you would say that. And I could understand some people, maybe even like the really crazy ones might say, I'm never shaking hands, but they probably weren't really shaking hands to begin with. Right. I would think like eventually you're going to get to a point like with everything else where everybody moves past this and then we just forget. And it's no longer a thing and everybody's coughing into their hand again and shaking hands with everybody <laughs> else. And it's all hokey dory. That's right. Um, I, I think you know 
it, it, I think everything's going to be fine. We're all going to get through this. It's it's a horrible tragedy for a lot of people, and it, life is going to suck for a little bit. But I think we will get to the other side of it, and everything's going to be fine. Unfortunately, yes, there's going to be some stuff that's just not going to survive this, not going to weather it. I mean, even big, massive companies are, are taking hits from this and are, are feeling it really harsh. If you're a little mom and pop joint, like I even saw, you know, there was like this little fish and chips joint down, you know, a block, a few blocks away from us. And they had like set up a little like table and tent outside their, their building and were just bringing stuff out there to, you know, you could drive almost like making it into a drive up kind of thing. Right. Uh, just to try to stay afloat. And those, that's the really crazy thing I think that's going to be interesting when we get to the other side of this is you're going to see pretty much, we've already seen like kind of this loss of the, locally owned businesses like it's all becoming these big huge corporations i think this is going to be almost the nail in the coffin of that because you even look at like amazon who is actually hiring people like they are creating more jobs to you know deal with the demand that they're now experiencing because now you have every people literally getting everything through there like from their already people were doing this but now even more so like with their groceries you know all their necessities you know uh, people are setting up all their home offices they're getting all their electronics and stuff through there I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it, you know, everybody figured that eventually Amazon would probably take over the planet. I think we're just shoving ourselves further close to that future with this. So, right now, and I think you bring up a really good crazy. point because we've there is that sort of morbid part of our brains that makes us want to, you know, watch the movie Outbreak right now or play The Division Two. I don't, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. It's just, it's there. But um, we were talking with a neighbor at a good at a distance when we were walking our dog last night. And um, my wife made a point. It was a really good one that, you know, we had just been watching a documentary about the Spanish influenza because that's what you do. And, um, you know, this global thing that kills, you know, countless people and changes life as we know it significantly. When all was said and done, like you said, everybody basically forgot and just kind of moved on with their lives. And like anything that changed at that time, like just went back to the way it was. So, I mean, if human nature being what it is, I think we crave comfort and the things that are, you know, make us happy and that we're used to so badly that I think there will be a weird time when kind of, you know, people start opening their doors again and saying, yeah, it's okay. And some people will run at that. And some people will be a little bit more hesitant and kind of wait up on it. But yeah, I mean, gaming is going to bounce back like everything else will in whatever way that looks like. So to kind of wrap things up for tonight, like what are you, whether it relates to this or not, like what are you kind of looking forward to like, you know, for the rest of this year or, or for the future of, of games or gaming just from where you're at right now, like whether it's short term thing you're looking forward to or long term thing you're looking forward to, like what 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 do you hope in the future looks like? What are you looking forward to? The one thing I wasn't looking forward to, which is going to be even more so now, is this we're going to run into this thing where all of the really amazing games are going to come out right at the same time. Like, we are <laughs> going to get this inundation of games all at once, which I always hate when they do that. It's actually been this year, even before all this happened, has been pretty lax, um, which is understandable because we're building up to the next console generation. But I, I think now it's going to be even heavier. Like when these, the, the nice thing about it would be is for anybody who is planning on getting the new consoles when they first come out, you're probably going to have a ton of you know uh, uh, the launch titles to pick from because all these games are going to be delayed up to like the launch. So there's that benefit. One thing that's hit me kind of personally that is really annoying is um, the PC I have that I you know 
out of us, I kind of do the most PC gaming. Uh, and I've been coming even more and more into it because I have friends that are kind of turning more into more PC gamers. Of course, they have really like high-end PCs and, and they're a lot more techno-savvy than I, so they build their own. And I've always kind of toyed with the idea of building my own PC because if anything, it, it makes it a little bit more budget. Like you can get a little bit more by spending a little bit less. It's also just kind of a cool thing to be able to say you did. Uh, so I, my PC that I have is about 10 years old. It was pretty high-end when I bought it back then, but now it's really starting to show its... Uh, problems like I can play a lot of games that are not very uh, graphically demanding pretty well um, but if it gets into any kind of scene that takes a lot or if there's certain games it'll start to chug and especially now that I have uh, you know free game pass ultimate going on thanks to a lot of stuff that I got through Xbox like oh I could play some PC games for free that's right um, but a lot of them I can't handle so I was planning on on building my own PC the problem is right now that with this thing pretty much shutting down global supply lines, especially a lot of things that are made over in China and Taiwan uh, are where a lot of the computer parts are made. So like right now, if you go on Amazon and you try to, I, before all this happened, I was searching on Amazon a lot, uh, comparing prices, looking at the different options. Now, if you go on there, there's almost nothing. Everything says currently out of stock, like hmm. not available. Don't know when it's coming back. Um, just because there's been a lot of like uh, new things that were supposed to be coming out this year, like you know, um, Ryzen was going to put out like a new chip, and so it um, got delayed. So uh, there's there's just for me personally, that's been kind of like a thing. So I don't know. Although I'm hoping maybe you know I can use my stimulus package to get me a PC once this is all over. So we'll see. Oh but uh, um, yeah, so that's kind of like I, I'm really worried about like not worried. I mean, this is like you know first world problem i'm worried about the inundation of like video games when all this is over where we just have them piled on top of each other and you're having to pick and choose okay because especially for me like i'm a gamer on a budget so you know i cannot pick up every single title that launches at the same time so i can do one here and then one here and then one there uh so that will be kind of interesting to see how that goes it will be nice maybe because once everything starts going again maybe pc parts will be kind of cheap because they'll be you know flooding the market with it <laughs> yeah um i i mean it'll just it'll i think the gaming world is going to be fine i think the gaming world is coming going to come out of this if anything on top because of just how many people are probably going back and buying even older games right now because newer games aren't coming out you're bored you're sitting at home you buy all these old games steam has been launching you know sale after sale both PlayStation and Microsoft have had sales on their digital stores. So I think the gaming world is, is doing perfectly fine. Um, the individual developers, you know, that, that might be kind of iffy depending on who you are, because if you're not able to get your game out, you're not able really to make money, which means you can't pay your employees. But I, I think once this is all over, there will be probably such a, like a desire for games that a lot of those might be able to kind of recoup some of those losses, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that uh, similar to what you said, like I'm 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 going to be interested to see how, you know, release schedules are affected and and what that does. I'll I'll be interested to see how, you know, this move to sort of telecommuting or working from home that there might not be some new sort of business models or some new even companies that kind of come out of that because, you know, if people are kind of not able to work on their primary projects and if they decide to sort of start tinkering with stuff, you know, behind the scenes or having their own little projects, you know, some of that stuff might turn into cool things that become real games. And, you know, maybe we see some new studios come out of this or some new indie devs. Um, Epic, I know, just said they're going to 
pour a ton of cash into um, working as a uh, publishing partner with a bunch of studios, not oh, just yeah, small ones that. either, like Remedy and like some bigger ones. So you know, it, it'll be interesting. Covering everything, like the deal they're offering is amazing. Yeah, they, yeah, basically, it's like the it's like the record label deal. Like basically, yeah, we pay everything, and then you know we share profits, and then you pay us back for certain things. But hopefully, it works out well I mean, for everybody. Kind of interesting to think about. You might have some people who have always like had this dream to make their own video game and maybe they lost their job or at the very least they're just stuck at home not being able to do anything uh so now they're like well i don't have anything else better to do let me work on this video game and then they can go and get it published and there you go so you well, might yeah. you might see some new indie companies pop out of this yeah i mean it's you know just a month ago you know dreams for ps4 launched and some of the stuff i've seen people do with that it's just insane like i don't did you see the video of the forest that somebody created you you have to look this up no. if you haven't seen it. Somebody somebody I've created this like stuff, yeah. yeah somebody created this like video. Well, it's not a video. It's an interactive game essentially where it's just like walking through a forest scene, but it's it's photo perfect. It's it's nuts. Like I have no idea how somebody does something like this with this like consumer level tool. And I know that you know, I subscribe to a lot of like deal websites and you know. Twitter notifications like I've talked to about before for game related stuff just because every now and again there's a really great you know either price error or deal on something that and I've benefited from that greatly because of this sort of thing but I I'm I'm seeing a lot of updates about like you know uh brush up on your programming skills or like you know take this course that teaches you how to develop in unity for you know 75 percent off but you know so that it, it, it well, does seem that, that yeah, yeah. all that kind of like you know you've got time <laughs> use your time to do something with us is definitely something people are pushing so yeah i mean it's creative people are going to need to have an outlet for that and if there's no other distractions for them in life then sure i'll be interested to see new stuff come out of it um as far as the new consoles coming out like i don't have my heart set on any of that i'm definitely much more excited at least at this point about what microsoft is doing but that's also because we don't really have a good idea of exactly what sony's doing so the Microsoft thing, we've seen the box, we know the specs, we we know, you know, we we know a little bit more about some of the games that are gonna be coming out. I think they've done a much better job messaging it. But I don't, you know, I, I have a quote unquote, you know, a new to me Microsoft machine that I'm still, you know, getting my feet wet with. So and just with the Game Pass, just an unlimited number of options of things I can be doing with that. So I'm very interested to see what it will do, you know, for the industry overall. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it'll be fun because it, it feels very similar to me of kind of that place we were in. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but, you know, four or five, six years ago where we knew the PS4 was coming out and we knew the new Xbox was coming out. And um, it definitely felt like the tide was in a different direction at that point. Like, oh, my God, what is Microsoft doing? Sony's killing it. Now it's kind of like <laughs> Xbox is killing it. What is Sony doing? So it's so yeah, weird the just... way that that happens back and forth. But today, you know. If you look at it just right now, just what is on paper, like Microsoft is, is killing Sony, absolutely. But you know, Sony, all they have to do is put out a trailer, and at the end it says Horizon Zero Dawn 2. And everybody's <laughs> going to be like, oh, I'm buying a PlayStation 5. Right. Like that. that that's the thing is, is in the end, like Sony's got the exclusives, and I think that's going to win people over. Even if their box is not the most powerful, you'll get some people, but the people who really care about it being the most powerful box are probably going to buy both anyway. So, right. no, you know, those are the few people that care about how many teraflops there are. I don't even know really what teraflops are. So <laughs> that's not really going to be that, that much to me. And also, I mean, and I, I don't necessarily feel like this is a bad idea, but it is an interesting choice in like Xbox saying that, you know, all the, you know, 
most if not all the games are going to be able to be played on Xbox One. So I have an Xbox One that I, I just bought recently as well, so it makes me kind of wonder, well, why would I then need to upgrade? I right. need to upgrade my PS5 because I don't know that those are going to play. They haven't said anything about those playing on PS4. No. But yeah, that I idea don't necessarily of... need to upgrade my Xbox One then. Yeah, forward so compatibility is a weird thing to think about, but that's exciting. And it would be awesome because it would allow me to continue to pay into their ecosystem. Like, I'll continue to want to keep Game Pass. I'll continue to want to, like, pay for maybe Xbox Live Gold, depending on what's going on. I'll continue to buy, you know, games on that system if I am able to continue to play newer games without having to buy a new system. Like, that would be great. It might even affect whether or not I even get a PS5. Like, I want all those exclusives, but will I want them enough to buy a brand new system? Like, for me, that actually is a big decision because that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I do want to buy a new PC. So right now, all my possible console budget is going into a new computer. Well, and it does so, seem like Sony's moving in a direction to starting to release their first-party titles on PC. You just mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn, so that's one that's coming to PC. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, but I think that's kind of like a little... They'll do a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, it won't be a, a full thing. thinking they're launching it on, on PC in order to build up hype before they launch the second one. So I don't know that I would think that Sony's going to make that a habit. I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, they make too much money on their console stuff. This is true. But yeah. Well, lots of weird stuff they've, going on. They've seen with this last generation how much of a benefit it is to have it only on one place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So now it's your game to lose, Sony. Don't screw it up. <laughs> we have too much invested in you. Show us Horizon Zero Dawn already. Just I do know. It. Give us some hope for when this is over. Bloodborne 2. Well, it's looking like I might get a Demon Souls remaster as part of the launch, so I'm still going to hold my breath a little bit about that. That'd be pretty cool. But not enough to make me buy a console at launch. That's Come on. You can't justify that. But, uh, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a weird time. Lots of weird stuff going on here. So we're going to keep our pulse on this and we're going to continue to keep ourselves safe and sane. And for everybody listening out here, please do the same thing. Please keep away from people if you can. Don't be a vector for this thing so we can all get over it faster. So we're hoping in the next few months we will be on the tail end of this thing. But who knows how that could go. But through it all, we will continue to game. So do you work tomorrow, Mike? I'm working from home. You're working from home. So yes you, and no. You up for some division tonight? Oh heck yeah. Okay, I was cool. Just about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> well guys, Mike and I are gonna go play Division Two. We're gonna have a great time. We hope you had a great time listening to us. Please feel free to reach out if you'd like, offer us thoughts about what we can do in the future or anything else you would want to hear on the podcast by reaching out through uh Twitter. Probably the best way to get us at the use gamers. Uh rank us on your favorite podcatching software if you haven't already done so. And for now, I will sign off. So on behalf of the use gamers, my name is Chris. I'm Mike. And we will talk to you guys later. Stay safe. You're in charge. What is my security camera telling me? Oh. Ring alarm is reported offline. I still have power. Are you armed for the the apocalypse? No, I'm not. Well, we have a lot of, like, uh, melee weapons. <laughs> I like that that was where my – that's how I explained that in my brain because I knew you would know what that meant. No, like, um, last year, like, Bethany got on this, like, safety self-defense kick. So, like, I bought her, like, a bunch of, like, stabbing metal things you hold between your fingers and uh, several kinds of mace and a machete and, like, a bunch of, like, weaponry. <laughs> so that's kind of around the house.
Um, well, you should get because I know there's lots of issues going around with Mace. Um, but something that Marcy's dad had suggested to her and she got is this. Uh, you can find these really heavy-duty wasp sprays. Um, oh. They are incredibly accurate at like up to like 20 to 25 feet. And they can actually, some people have actually used them when they go out hunting to repel bears. Wow. So, and I've heard of people using them in home invasions and the people who get hit by these, like, cause it, it foams and it like sticks to the surface that you spray it. So it's, wow. it's pretty gnarly. Like you mess somebody up if you spray them with this stuff. Okay. So, so I'll add it behind toilet paper to my grocery list. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you can get it on Amazon for like a few bucks. It's actually really yeah. cheap. Oh, and I got her a really powerful taser, too. That's cool. <laughs> oh, nice. I like playing with it, but I'm like, I can't touch anything with it. But I've, I've been tempted to let her use it on me, but now, come on, let's be serious. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to roll right into this one. Okay, ready? 